shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What is going on, human hope familia? Welcome to episode 133 of the Human Hope Podcast with your host, say it with me, Carlos Enrique Wittiger Guzman and or Los for short. Today's episode is a really special one to me. Took a lot of work to get, and I'm grateful for all parties involved that helped me get this interview we are going to be talking the next two weeks about something that, you know, often goes unnoticed in, in our society. Not often, but, and I, I think for good reason. Why would, why would anybody want to look at the incarceration justice system in America? Because, you know, if you're not in it, the whole point is not to think about it <laughs> because it's, it's not great to look at. There's a lot of very bad people that are in there and... We just hope and assume that it's working correctly so that bad people stay off the streets and stay out of our homes. But unfortunately, that's not the case. The system of justice in America, our criminal justice system, you know, <laughs> we don't have enough, pod- we don't have a whole year of podcast episodes to go back and unpack how it was created, the systems it was created under. But what we do, what we can look at, what we do know is that there's thousands and thousands of innocent people incarcerated today. Incarcerated for crimes they had nothing to do with, didn't commit. And and I think this is why I feel like it's important to look at it because the innocent are hoping that you look at it so you can look at them. I mean, here's the thing. Imagine for a second. You've got a loved one that is charged with the crime and you know they didn't commit it. Either A, because you were with them when the crime was committed or 
B, you know where they were, or you know, you, you, you would just know, right? You would just know. Now, sometimes you think you know somebody and they have committed a crime, but sometimes you think you know somebody and they haven't, and they're charged with it. So you know the person, you know their character, you know that they did not do what they were accused of. You just know it. This is your family member, right? Or a loved one. The allegations are like horrifying murder or something like that. Like I'm, I'm imagining like if Sohela, right, was arrested and accused and the allegations were that she committed some horrible crime. I, I would obviously be like, well, no, I know her. Like I know her every day. Like I see her. There's nothing inside of her unless she snapped, right? Like, no. And you know that the risk, I know that the risk suddenly there's there's attorneys that are involved and they, they want to put her away because this is the closest thing they can find to something that's guilty. But you know, or I know, if if they're 100% innocent, there's no way they're going to get convicted, right? If they're 100% innocent, well, wrong. Like, unfortunately, we know that the criminal justice system is imperfect and doesn't always get it right. Now, I, I got this data from the Tennessee Innocence Project. Nationwide, since 1989, more than 3,100 people have been exonerated across the United States. Collectively, those innocent men and women who've been exonerated have lost more than 27,200 years of their freedom while confined behind prison bars. And that's where the Tennessee Innocence Project and a lot of other innocent projects come in. They are inundated with applications from people claiming their innocence. And it takes a lot of work for the Tennessee Innocence Project to have their attorneys begin to go through the grueling work of proving the innocence of their clients. And today, we are gifted with a conversation. We're going to have two conversations with two friends. How cool is that? This week, we're going to be talking to Artis Whitehead. Now, when we talk to Artis, he's actually in prison like right now. Okay, as we speak. And our conversation, he called me from in the library of the prison that he's in here in the state of Tennessee. He's been working with the Tennessee Innocence Project and is almost out. There's a couple of articles that we will link in the show notes where you can read about the story um, more in depth. But a little bit of his story is again, this was he was convicted of robbing a BB King's restaurant in 2002 in Memphis. He gives his alibi, gives his whole story. But what I love about his story, we, we don't really talk about the, the conviction. We, we talk about what life is like being incarcerated and how he's kept hope knowing he is innocent. It's just mind-blowing how the prison system is just designed to keep you off balance and frustrated and discouraged. But the hope that artists gives us is palpable, palpable, palpable. What's the word, Carlos? I don't know, but it is that word. And he is just a, a true blessing. And hopefully in the next few weeks, which is mind blowing, he'll be out. And maybe we can do another interview once he is out with his family. We became quick friends. And I know that you are going to become quick friends with artists as well. Human Hope Familia, please treat this conversation with the utmost reverence and respect that you would for anybody that has been wrongly served pain, wrongly served injustice. I'm glad to know you, artists. Here's a conversation 
with artist Whitehead. Artists, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself to uh, the Human Hope listeners? <laughs> well, <laughs> my name is Artist Whitehead, and I'm actually from New York City. And I moved to Tennessee, uh, let's say roughly 20 to 21 years ago. Wow. And I thought it was a positive thing to do, you know, <laughs> to get my kids out of the city. But my world has been turned upside down by this uh, wrongful conviction. And I've been incarcerated for the better part of 20 years since I've been down here. Wow. Wow. How long after you moved down here did you get incarcerated? About a year. Okay. So you were only in Tennessee for a year. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Now, now you're, you're calling me from the prison right now? Yes, sir. Hardeman County Correctional Facility. Hardeman County Correctional Facility. And, and, and are you, you're in the library, I think is, is what, what I heard. I'm trying to get a picture. Yes, I'm a legal aid in the library. (laughs) Right. I'm a legal aid in the library. I've been, um, I've been a legal aid for about 15 years. No way. That, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so tell me this. First of all, I want to get a picture of, of, of where you're sitting right now. Can you explain to me what the library kind of looks like so we can all just imagine where our new friend artist is sitting? Well, actually, this library is one of the better ones throughout the state of Tennessee. Okay. Um, we actually have um, about seven to eight computers for the patrons to use. And then we have initial workstations for like the legal aids. There's five legal aids okay. that provide service for the whole facility. And right now, I'm actually in the librarian's office okay. using their phone. I had permission from my boss, which is the principal. Okay. I, I actually showed her a copy of the letter that uh, Jessica had sent me to remind me as far as the podcast was concerned. Okay. So she actually facilitated this and made sure that this was oh. all right for me to do. Amazing. Amazing. So good. Artists, I would love to know what it means to be an aide. And you know what, what does that look like for you the last 15 years, helping others with what they're going through? It didn't actually start out as me being an aide. It okay. started out as frustration mm. because I couldn't get the proper lawyers to listen to what I needed to listen to. Okay. And the lawyers that I had, I've been through five different attorneys. Yeah. And the lawyers that I've had, they wouldn't provide me with the representation that I needed. So I got frustrated and I started to try to learn on my own. Okay. And I actually had a young man that was nine years my junior actually sit down with me and was like, I'm going to show you how to do this. And from there, we'll go ahead and take it where it needs to be taken. Wow. So he sat down with me on numerous days and I plenty of days of frustration. Yeah. And every time that I got it wrong, he would know, do it over. This is not how this is supposed to be done. Right. Do it over, do it over. Wow. And then one night we were actually sitting in the library and he told the librarian, give him the legal aid test. And I told him, I said, man, I'm not ready to take nobody's <laughs> legal aid test. Don't do that. He was like, trust me. I was like, I don't think so. But I actually scored like a 88, Let's 89 go. on the test. Okay. Yeah. So, and it started from there. Wow. So outside of me working on my case, I started to learn the law. And once I started to learn the law, I started to help others as far as just regular stuff. Yeah. First, it was general session. Uh-huh. Then from general session, it went to like um, detainers and IEDs and the grievance system here, which is a joke. Really? So from there, it just, 
kept going and kept going and kept going. Yeah. It kept going to the extent that I got in trouble no. because they actually shipped me. Yeah. They shipped me from here because I learned how to file lawsuits and I actually <laughs> filed a lawsuit against the institution. <laughs> uh, that was a blanket punishment, a, uh, excessive lockdown, wow. deprivation of religious services, wow. and it was something else. So opposed to them conceding, if they move me from where the problem is at, it's considered moot. Oh, okay. So for them, it no uh, no longer exists. So they gave me a tour of the state and then brought me right back oh. where I started at. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, three years later. Artist became a problem with his knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Wow, wow. That's exactly what it is. Artist, I was, I was actually just going to say, as much as you can let us know just about your story of of wrongful conviction. I would love for you to to share that uh, as much as obviously you're able to. Okay. I was actually convicted of robbing B.B. King's restaurant, which I still to today don't know where it's located at. And yeah, I had several counts of aggravated robbery, especially aggravated robbery, especially aggravated kidnapping. Wow. And the strange thing about this, on the day the robbery actually took place, I was at Whitehaven Development for Children, hmm. some 20 miles away. The certification for CPR, first aid, crisis intervention, uh, non-medical restraint, and distributing of psychotropic medication, my credentials were not valid for the state of Tennessee. So in order for me to take the position at Whitehaven Development for Children, we run the four group homes, two male units and two female units, I had to actually be recertified in all of those areas that I just mentioned. Wow. Ironically, on the same exact date and time in Whitehaven, that's where I was at. The robbery took place that same date and time okay. in downtown Memphis, some 20 miles away. Wow. And yeah. you, you're, I mean, you're literally in the most opposite situation, <laughs> trying, trying to get a certification yeah. to help people. Yeah, exactly. Unreal. Exactly. Unreal. It's so ironic because I've actually, over the course of being incarcerated, I've actually been doing the job that I would have been paid for, right. but not getting paid oh to do. Oh, my goodness. So. Oh, my goodness. This week, Human Hope is partnering with Haya, the kids' vitamins that you will know and trust if you trust me. Listen, I want to let you know that most kids' vitamins are filled with so much sugar. I remember when I was a kid, right? It was Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. They're the modern. Na, 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 na. I don't know if uh, they still sell Flintstones vitamins, but I love taking them. And can I tell you why I love taking them? Because it was sugar. It was like a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. I don't know if that's what they were trying to do. But let me let you know that the new version of kids' vitamins, Haya, is so much healthier than the old version when I was a kid in the 80s. Okay, so let, let me let you know. Haya is filled and made with a zero sugar, zero of that gummy junk, but it tastes amazing. And it's perfect for picky eaters that I know you guys have in your home. It's formulated with the help of nutritional experts. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals holding vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, all the good stuff. I know that you are going to love Haya. This is what we have done. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for the Human Hope family. You receive 50% off your first order. That I need, listen, if you ain't done this yet, 50% off, this is big stuff. To claim this deal, you must go to hayahealth.com slash human hope. Okay? Go to hayahealth.com 
slash human hope. It's not available on the regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash human hope and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every single day. And I get to take it while I travel because they've got AG1 and travel packs as well. You may be wondering, Gadlitos, what is AG1? Like, is Athletic Greens AG1? Is AG1 Athletic Greens? Here, I need to let you know something. The most important thing that you need to know is that every scoop of AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality, right? And they give us all these benefits like mood support. Hello, somebody grumpy? Take your AG1. Okay, boosted energy. Do you need caffeine and coffee all day? No, take AG1. And it even helps with your skin. It's got so much inside of it. And we have worked out a special deal with Athletic Greens. You ready? If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That's athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Check it out. Artist, tell tell us this, and I, I think this is going to be important for my listeners to understand. You know, I, we we none of us none of us, unless we've been in your position, can imagine what it feels like to be to step into incarceration when you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you are are innocent. And so, can, can you just can you maybe dive into a little bit the first maybe even few weeks and few months? Like, how did you? What did you have to do mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Um, even physically to to get past whatever dark thoughts you may have had. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I, I would love to know, because I, th- I think that that's actually going to help some people that may be, you know, incarcerated spiritually, incarcerated, you know, within their own minds, you know, th- to hear your story of hope and how you, how you got through those first few months, years, whatever it may have been. It's frustrating from the start. I mean, because you're, you're just thrown into a system that, in a state of chaos. Yeah. And I say a state of chaos because the prison system is designed to keep you off balance and to keep you frustrated. Wow. And it's a system of just hurry up and wait. Yeah. It's not getting anything done. Just you do what we say when we tell you, regardless whether they're breaking rules or not. And I've seen so many things that was discouraging because knowing that from a case manager's position that Individuals are entitled to certain things and certain needs are supposed to be met and to see that these things aren't being met and the caseload were just sitting there with people on them. Mm -hmm. And then I got into a real funky state of depression as far as with God. I got mad at God for a long time because I couldn't understand why it was that you would allow me to be placed in a situation like this. Wow. And a lot of people... You know, it was like, well, God does things for a reason, does, and it's not your place to question them, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, it's easy for y'all to continually say this, yes. but y'all are not living in my shoes daily. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really frustrating. And me as a Muslim, it's like, I really, really, really couldn't understand it. Yeah. So an elderly gentleman who's also Muslim, you know, he was mad. He was mad at the behavior I was displaying. So he sat me down one day. He said, let me ask you a question. Mm. I said, what's the question? So he said to me, what does your name mean? 
So I said, my name means rightly guided and to give direction. Mm. So he says, so why aren't you doing this to the rest of the Muslims that's here in the community? Because you have the knowledge. Mm. And I said to him, you know, I'm really, really annoyed at the way that God has done me and I can't understand why. So he says to me out of the blue, but come off a prayer with us. So as you know, Muslims call the Adon and then they offer prayer. Yes. Well, when it came time for me to lead him in prayer, which is called Salat, I couldn't remember a word wow. and it hurt my heart to the fullest. Wow. Yeah. It, it hurt my, I couldn't remember anything in Arabic at all. Now, mind you now, at this time, I'm like 39, 38 years old, okay. 39 years old. I've been Muslim since I was a child. Okay. So praying is second nature. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you, you and get to the point. for me not to be able to right. remember. That, yeah. that had to have been hard because all of a sudden you realize, wow, yeah. I am that far away from the guiding principles that, that you've, you've had instilled in you your whole life. Right. Yeah. So after that took place, I mean, it took a while for me to get myself really, really back together. So in conjunction with trying to get myself together spiritually and having this youngster that was like nine years my junior to actually sit down and to push me <laughs> yeah. to learn the Lord, to help myself. You know, it it started to pick up. It was like every time I thought that I had a lawyer that was in my corner that was doing something for me to my best interest, it turned out to be something completely different. Wow. Wow. You know, t- t- tell me, what, what are some of the hardest things that you've experienced in, you know, while being incarcerated? What What are some things that, you know, you just think, man, I can't believe I overcame that? Oh, boy. Well, I actually have another job as well. Okay. I'm a suicide prevention watch aide. Oh, so really? At the time, that, yeah. So at the time that we actually started the program here, we were sitting on hospice patients as well. Okay. And at the time, I seen a couple of people expired that I had gotten close to. And during the time that my mom, that my mother had got sick, mm-hmm. I was actually working with somebody, and they were on their deathbed as well. And I just couldn't. I just had to check out mentally. I couldn't take it no more. Sure. So I took some time off. Took about two, three weeks off. Okay. And uh, lo and behold, that person passed away, and then my mother followed shortly. Wow. So I've lost my mother since incarcerated. I've lost my dad since incarcerated. I've gone through some other trials and tribulations that um yeah. have really taken a toe on me. But for the better part, I think I think that I'm okay mm. mentally for the best part, but. For me to say if I got out to dad tomorrow, I know for a fact being in the field that I've been in that I would definitely have to seek someone to sit down and discuss everything that I've been through over the course of these years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, 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 you know, I I look forward personally to seeing your healing journey happen on the outside because I'm, I'm, I know that's going to happen and I'm looking forward to. uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, tell me this. Tell me. Tell me about some of the friendships that you've experienced while incarcerated. Tell me about you know how you guys supported each other. Who are some of your friends? Tell me about them. It's few and in between, and I say that because a lot of people have different motives. Okay. But you also had a bunch of people in here that are really, really good guys and have good hearts. Like Mr. Burgess. I don't know if you've actually met him or not. I've not met him. I've heard, I've, I've heard about his story, and I look forward to meeting him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Wayne's birthday. He's he's one of my he's one of my best friends. Okay, he's um he's even though that he's Christian, we share a lot of things. A lot of people under the wrong misconception as far as religion is concerned, sure. because they the average person fears what they don't understand. Right. 
So instead of trying to learn it and understand it, it's just easier to cast it to the side right. and be like, I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And he was actually uh, the chaplain's aide is how I met him. Okay. And <laughs> and we were having problems having our services facilitated. And once again, because of me and this and in paper thing and yeah. me liking to, to read and write. <laughs> so he was like, let me help you out. So he actually started helping me to get our services facilitated. Okay. And during that time, they were actually allowing us for like for the month of Ramadan okay. to order large meals. And I would go in the kitchen and cook. And I would invite the guys that assisted me throughout the course of the year to get my services called out and get them facilitated as needed be. Mm. And he happened to be one of those individuals. And we got close over the course of the years. And I did things, paperwork as far as the Christian community because they wouldn't treat them right at one time. Mm. And he would make sure that I was taken care of as far as the religious community was concerned. And we just, we got real, real close. And yeah. then we actually worked was the it's called the IMOP program, the inmate observer program, which covers the suicide prevention aid watch. And we actually worked the same shift a lots of nights together. So we shared a lot of time together. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, and then he found out that um well I was having a conversation with him and I was telling him about the innocent project and I was telling him about Jessica and the work that they do and he was like you think that they may be interested in taking my case? You think they may help me? I was like, yeah, here's the information. Huh put together a cover letter, you know, they're going to ask you, you know, to fill out an application and give it a shot. Huh. And he was like, after he did and Jessica came to see him, he came and found me. <laughs> I was, where was that? I was think I was in one of the housing units covering somebody that was on suicide watch. Yeah. And they said that the man had been looking for me all day long <laughs> once he heard from Jessica, but he's a good guy. He, he really is wow. a good guy. Wow. Yeah. Human Hope this week is partnering with Indeed. Y'all know I love me some Indeed, the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Listen, you've been looking all, you've been on the internet trying to find yourself some help for your business. No, no need to go digging no more. Go to Indeed and let them help you. It is so much better and it's streamlined and it's easier and all the things you need to find. Trust me, trust Carlitos on this. Instead of spending all those hours like just thinking around like, what website should I go to now? Just go to Indeed.com. They streamline hiring with so many powerful tools that help you find the candidate that is correctly matched for you. Okay. They've got something called Instant Match where over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description. Get this, the moment they sponsor a job. That is really cool. I love to dig around Indeed when I start thinking about, okay, what what's the next thing that the world of the Insta Familia needs? Oh, you know, I need somebody that does this. <laughs> Indeed's crazy how quickly it narrows it down to people that are really looking for work right now, today. You can start hiring now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash human hope. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash human hope. Just go to Indeed.com slash human hope and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You actually were in touch and working with the Tennessee Innocence Project even before your friend Wayne was. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I started reaching out to the Innocent Project 
from the New York base and their communication with me was like sporadic. I would hear from them one year and then I would hear from them for about two more years and they would ask would I still interested, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually saw a guy at South Central that had the Innocent Project's information when they first came to the state of Tennessee and I asked them, could I have the information? And he told me, sure, why not? And my attorney at that time, I believe, was Josie Hollins. And she was on the board of directors. And she said that she had taken my case. But from the understanding that I finally received that they didn't have enough staff to do what they normally do as far as help people. Okay. So I sat down and I put together a letter myself and sent to the Innocent Project. And I got a response back. And I've been Jessica's role painting the behind for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I've talked to Jessica. Yeah. She she appreciates that because, uh, you you know, she just, she believes in you. And, uh, and I mean, gosh, I've just been so uh, taken aback by what the Tennessee Innocence Project, you know, is doing. And it's really, you know, pulled on my heart. Uh, the fact that, again, I get to talk to you today is, is actually just, I'm just so grateful uh, for that. When, 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 when Wayne finally was released, can you tell me about your guys' interaction? You know, maybe the day of his release, did you interact that day? Here, basically, when a sentence is vacated, the state does not want to be held liable for anything that may happen to you. So they try to get you off of what they call the compound, oh. which is the regular housing areas as soon as possible so that you don't have no interactions yep. with anyone else. Yep. But when they did that to him, Wayne is a diabetic and he's a brittle diabetic and they wasn't giving him his medication. And me working in medical and around staff, that was like, all right, Rashid, don't start. We know that we're supposed to get him his medication. I said, okay, don't even worry about it. What I actually did was is I got one of the staff members to allow me to call Jessica and let them know that they okay. just removed Wayne over the compound and they weren't treating him like she was supposed to. Uh -huh. She was like, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it right now. Got it. Got it. So, and then I actually, I actually went down there because of me being in the building so long, people know who I am and sure. they both of my jobs actually allow me the freedom to move in areas that other people can't move in. Mm. So I went down there and I actually explained to him, you know what I'm saying, that I had called Jessica on yeah. his behalf and that they was working on it okay. and that they should be doing something to service you as soon as possible. Okay. And and was that was that the last time you saw him inside? Yes, that was the last time I saw him. Okay. Okay. Let's go ahead and, and you know, turn the turn the uh, camera of your innocence and the Tennessee Innocence Project back to you. T tell me, like, how vital has the Tennessee Innocence Project actually been for Artist Whitehead and your story? Where where are you right oh, now? God. Where's, where can I start? <laughs> I mean, first and foremost, to have someone to actually sit down and take the time to investigate the things that mm. you put forth. Yeah. Like I said, when I say I've been Jessica's role painting in the behind, mind you now, I'm 60 years old. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, I've set my ways and I'm super stubborn. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, and, and this started okay. four years ago with this journey and this lady. I got you. I got she you. is so, she is so awesome, dude. Wow. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah, she is. I mean, she is. He is really, really so awesome. That that is amazing, and and you you felt you felt supported, you felt seen. You know, I mean that that just seems to me to be one of the most important things somebody in your position can get from somebody or an organization is just finally somebody seeing you for who you are. 
she walked me through the step, step by step, mm. things that I didn't understand. I didn't feel out of place when I asked questions and she made sure that I understood what was taking place. Yeah. And just, just the moral support, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I come, they come to see me on my birthday and I'm not thinking anything about it. I mean, I get birthday cards from them and the whole nine yards, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I walk into the visiting room and they sitting there singing happy birthday to me. <laughs> come on, man. That's awesome. That come is, on. That is so, hey, listen. Just the little things. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Just the little things like that mean so much. Oh my, oh my. Look, hey, can, can I, can I ask your permission that when you're finally out, I can come sing happy birthday to you too with Jessica and the rest of the crew? <laughs> sure <laughs> definitely that is definitely. So, that is so good well artist i'm telling you what you um you're very inspiring uh, i'm i'm rooting for you and you know you're just you're you you are such a a role model may be the wrong word it's more of an inspiration for people you know my podcast is called the human hope podcast and i mean if there's two things that right. go hand in hand it is artist whitehead is a human and you give hope and you are literally a poster child for what i'm trying to do and to share hope with people and i can hear the hope in your voice i can i, I can see the hope uh, in your eyes and i don't even see you right now that's how much hope I, is coming off you and so i just want to say thank you and i really really appreciate you sharing your story with us uh, i appreciate your time and especially to get this out to the masses i mean because this is a real thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wrongful conviction is so real and a lot of people don't understand. They just think it's a person's incarcerated. He has three hots in a cot yep. and he'll be all right. It's not like that. Wow. You have a large percentage of these young kids in here. If they're not illiterate, they're suffering from mental health issues mm. and they don't have enough programs mm. for these kids to keep their time occupied or their mind. Yeah. So the solution that they have is to keep them locked down all the time. And that does nothing but create a hostile individual. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean, you know, uh, can you speak a little bit more into that? You know, I wouldn't mind you, you know, just kind of letting us know the reality of, uh, you know, of, of what, what it's like in there. I give you a prime example. Okay. We just came off of a 31 day lockdown. Prior to that, we were locked down like 60 days. What, what does that mean? What, what, when if you say they don't have enough, if, when we lock down, that means there's no movement in the institution. What? That means that we're behind the doors and stuck in ourselves. We're lucky if we're out to get a shower. No way. Yeah, twice a week. What? Once again, because of the jobs that I have, I'm able to get out, but that's not what the masses are able to right. do. Right, right. Like, my job is a legal aid. I'm supposed to, on lockdown, service the whole entire compound of 1,400 inmates. Okay. Maybe 1,500. So... They have no movement. There's no program. Staff has a tendency of wanting to lock us down as the smallest whim. If something happens at another institution and it hasn't happened here, that institution may get locked down. We'll get locked down behind them. The institution where the incident took place, they'll be off a of lockdown, but we'll still be on lockdown. What? Wow. And and what's the reason? Yeah. What's the reasoning? What's the reasoning that the people in charge say? They give any reason that they want huh. to. Huh. Yeah, honestly, they give any reason they want to. When I'm released from here, I have some information that I think that you would be really, really interested sure, in. Sure. And I'm more than willing to share it with you Absolutely. upon my release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would answer a lot of your questions pertaining <laughs> to this whole environment. No, well, you know what, then then this is this is the artist Whitehead interview part one. We'll 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 get part two when you're out of there. I'd appreciate that. I really would, because there's a lot of guys here that actually do 
need legitimate help. Yeah. Not yeah. just from a legal standpoint, but from a mental health standpoint and just things in general. I mean, because the system as it stands now, where these kids do not get any more good time credit. Mm -hmm. So they're coming through the door having to do 100%. What do you offer a kid Mm. that has 100% when you don't have any programs, no real educational programs, no real vocational programs? What do you offer these kids? Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a great question. And it's an important question. So so that's what I'm currently living in right now. And I love love the, the word when. And I'm looking forward to when the when happens. Uh, you are an inspiration. And A, I, I, I just want to let you know how sorry I am that you've even had to exist in what you've existed in. But it, it is- I it appreciate is, it. It is something inside of me that even you're spurring inside of me that wants to give more people like you a microphone so that we can you know, fix as much as we can uh, the system that, that, that you have been a part of. So- Yes, yeah. Absolutely. It definitely needs repair. Well, thank you, artists, so much. I just I just appreciate you, and I'm so grateful. I appreciate the time and effort. Please make sure that I get a copy of your podcast. You know where I'm at. Oh, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. You. I will make sure you get it. I will make sure you get it. <laughs> I um, appreciate okay, that. Okay, artists. We'll talk soon. Okay, you have a good weekend. Okay, yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you, artists, uh, and thank you, Human Hope family, for leaning into that conversation and hopefully just, you know, asking asking some questions yourself as to what what can you do to be involved. For some of you, that's just going to be like, okay, let me find out about Innocence Projects in my state. For some of you, it's going to be getting the address of some of these inmates that are imprisoned and seeing them. And I, really, I, I hope that's what we did today with artists is I hope he felt seen. I tried to explain to him how many thousands of people are going to see him (laughs) and he's grateful. Some of the stuff we learn, right? I mean, just even like the lockdown, like how quickly things get locked down in, in the system and how, how they'll just be stuck for days and weeks, sometimes over a month without being able to leave their cell. I, I just, I don't know. You guys know me, my empathetic heart sees the innocent and the guilty and wants them all to know in spite of their current condition that they are seen by God. Thank you, artists. Uh, Thank you, Insta Familia, Human Hope Familia, for leaning into this conversation. I don't think Dr. Delight's going to take us out. Uh, I think we're going to continue with this on the way out. And what I want you guys to do is prepare your hearts for next week's conversation because artist's best friend, Wayne, who was imprisoned with him for over two decades is out and we're going to get to talk to him. See you next week.